Oh, Christ, here we go. Mind and the Motorcycle, Naked News Improv, Year 3, Volume 141, July 4th, 2023. I am a lone voice in the universe. Um, maybe a little happier than usual. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Um, so let's, uh, I'll try and I'm going to do the news and, and um, I think I'll have a little fun doing it if that's okay. Uh, the first piece is about uh, AI, and I, I always lead off with it. The European Parliament recently overwhelmingly passed the European Union Artificial Intelligence Act. While the legislation must overcome more hurdles to become a law, it's an example of European lawmakers charging forward with regulations to control technology that thinkers like British physicist Stephen Hawking have warned could destroy the human race. I'm obviously reading an article, um, almost done with that part of it, as a parliamentary press release detailed. The act would prohibit the use of AI in certain sectors, like technology that fosters biometric surveillance, emotion recognition, predictive policing that might assume someone is about to commit a crime. Oy vey. All right, uh, let's... Uh, this is like setting up the rules for a game that is already in play. It really remains to be seen about how these early efforts to control AI will work out. My feeling is that AI is already smarter than we are. Game over. Um, let's go to climate when we talk about game over. Uh, and please uh, pay a little attention to this. I don't know why... I scribbled that down, but I would like you to. Uh, as parts of the world from China to Texas bake under extreme heat, scientists and advocates are warning that world leaders are running out of time to take action on the climate crisis. In a speech to a United Nations panel discussion on Monday, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Volker Turk uh, said that current policies put the planet on course for a dystopian future. Yet still, we are not acting with the urgency and determination that is required. Leaders perform the choreography of deciding to act and promising to act and then get stuck in the short term. More from Turk. Uh, we've run out of time because change takes time. That's from the University of New South Wales climate scientist Sarah Perkins Kirkpatrick. Um, and that's true. What we're talking about takes a lot of time to get going from a state of inertia, and we simply don't have the time. How can there still even be conversation about the climate crisis as an eventuality? It is here, now, for Christ's sake. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday sided with a group of Republican attorneys general and struck down the Biden administration's student loan cancellation program, undercutting efforts to deliver relief to tens of millions of borrowers. <laughs> fucking Jesus. This fucking court doesn't have an ounce of compassion for anyone other than those in the court who can be as corrupt as possible for the money, no matter its form, striking down abortion, killing affirmative action, and now holding folks to outrageous student loan payouts. 
Studies have been done that forgiving these student loan payments would put billions back into the economy with these saved payments. Oh, to hell with all that. Let's screw those with the least, the most. Very short follow-up, President Joe Biden vowed on Friday to push ahead with a new plan to provide student loan relief for millions of borrowers while blaming Republican hypocrisy for triggering the day's Supreme Court decision that wiped out his original plan. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of the court, <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court last Thursday ruled um, in an affirmative action admissions program at two universities, they ruled they are unconstitutional. And uh, uh, so uh, affirmative action um, is now against the law. Um, interesting ways uh, that they'll find to, to deal with it. Um, I wish I could say this shocked me, but it fits along with banning abortion, etc., the universities that give a shit will be able to skirt the issue even with a ban on the policy. Ultimately, they accept who the fuck they want to accept, and you watch. Unions, baby. The largest single employer strike in U.S. history could soon be set in motion if United Parcel Service Management does not quickly agree to a new contract that is acceptable to the shipping giant's unionized workforce, which is represented by, yes, the Teamsters. The union reiterated uh, just today that it is fully prepared to call a nationwide strike as the Teamsters National Committee returned to the bargaining table in the hopes of reaching a deal with UPS. So, when UPS Teamsters say we're strike ready, we mean it. And that's what the union said just today. July 4th has arrived and UPS has less than 24 hours to reach a tentative agreement for a new contract. Uh, the union said last week that UPS management agreed to put forth a contract offer by July 5, giving workers over three weeks to vote on the tentative deal. Oh, man. So it's really simple. You don't fuck with the Teamsters. Why is that a surprise? Get ready to rumble. More union news. In what union members called a huge victory for workers, an administrative judge with the National Labor Relations Board has ruled that coffee giant Starbucks violated federal labor law by terminating organized workers in several Pittsburgh locations, accusing the company of orchestrating a purge of employees leading the unionization effort. <clears throat> I don't know what Starbucks management is thinking. <clears throat> Excuse me. They are so fucking arrogant and they're going to lose. <clears throat> Speaking of not losing, each member of the Bloomberg Billionaires Index made an average of $14 million per day over the past six months, and that's according to data compiled by Bloomberg. It was the best half year for billionaires since the back half of 2020 when the economy rebounded from a COVID-induced slump. While Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg flirt with scheduling a cage match, Tesla Incorporated's chief executive officer came in on top in dollar terms 
Musk, the world's richest person, get ready now, he added $96.6 billion to his net worth this year through June 30th. And Mark Zuckerberg, $58.9 billion. These fucking numbers are insane. We are fighting to avoid cutbacks in social programs because we don't have the money. We don't have the fucking money because all these cocksuckers have it. I got more on them. An analysis released this Tuesday by a coalition of environmental organizations shows that 30 of the top asset managers in the U.S. and Europe collectively hold close to $600 billion in bonds and shares in the world's largest fossil fuel developers, making the investment firms key contributors to the global climate emergency. I'm not going to, oh my, my God, I, uh, let me just, uh, two quick numbers, okay? Um, let's see, BlackRock has uh, almost $180 billion in equity holdings, um, and Vanguard uh, has $170 billion, just those two firms alone. I keep saying it, just follow the money, and you will have a clear roadmap and its destination. Democratic Maine Governor Janet Mills on Monday vetoed an offshore wind development bill because she opposed an amendment requiring collective bargaining agreements for future projects. Maine AFL-CIO Executive Director Mac Schlobaum said in a statement, we will wait because the governor is opposed to fair labor standards, which are the industry norm. I grew up believing that one of the differences between the parties was that the Democratic Party stood for workers first and corporations second. Well, ain't that a crock of shit? How are we doing with that time? Yeah, all right. Despite protests from climate and indigenous groups, U.S. regulators last Wednesday gave the Mountain Valley Pipeline developer a green light to move forward with construction of the partially completed fracked gas project spanning over 300 miles across Virginia and West Virginia. Totally, totally fucked. Rhetoric is not worth shit without action. In this case, the action sucks. Really, this is how we show the world that we are leaders in the fight for our lives and all of nature. Well, I got more. U.S. President uh, Joe Biden seeks re-election as a climate and environmental justice president. His administration on Thursday last officially rejected a plea from over 360 organizations to phase out oil and gas extraction for public lands and waters by 2035. He wouldn't fucking do that. Well, folks, there you have it. This is our commitment to the most serious challenge we humans have ever experienced, and at our own hands. What a putz. Now, get ready for this crock. Senate Republicans introduced legislation earlier last week that would prohibit President Joe Biden from declaring a national climate emergency 
as millions across the U.S. attempt to escape scorching heat and toxic pollution from Canadian wildfires, which have been on a runaway rampage. I, well, when you look, when you just look at the prior story, the White House position on phasing out oil and gas on public lands, and how that kind of laid an egg, does anybody really think that Methuselah is going to ever declare a climate emergency? Clearly, the Republicans don't even think there is one. Forget about it. Um, all right, I got some stories about my people. Um, 18 private schools run by the Hasidic Jewish community have been breaking the law by not providing their students with an adequate secular education. Um, that's according to New York City officials last Friday. The move was all the more remarkable because it was made by a city government that has shied away from criticizing the politically influential Hasidic community. And it stemmed from a long stalled investigation that spanned eight years and two mayoral administrations and was often hobbled by political interference and bureaucratic inertia. I don't know why this doesn't surprise me. I think there is a blind arrogance that the Hasidic Jews have regarding not only other Jews, but everyone else. Extreme religions are dangerous. Hello, Taliban. Well, let's say Israel on Monday launched the most intense military operation in the occupied West Bank in nearly two decades, carrying out a series of drone strikes and sending hundreds of troops on an open-ended mission into a militant stronghold. At least eight Palestinians were killed and dozen wounded. <clears throat> Man, you know, what the fuck? Um, what fucking arrogance. Emboldened by the blind knee-jerk support for Israel, heavy from the conservative right and their flock of born yet again. They just think they operate with impunity, and they do. And while we're on the subject of Jews, in the wake of the killings on the Janine refugee camp in the illegally occupied West Bank of Palestine, Congresswoman Taleb on Monday led renewed calls for Congress to cut off the nearly $4 billion in annual U.S. military aid to Israel's apartheid government. I don't know why these stories are always relegated to progressive media and not mainstream. Whatever the fuck that means, Russia is criminal and so are the Israelis. After a recent historic parliamentary vote, Australians will vote on a constitutional amendment to dramatically expand the protections of their indigenous communities. <clears throat> As a government website showed, the question will ask voters whether to establish an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice as a constitutional body. The voice to Parliament would be an independent and permanent advisor to governments on issues related to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the former British colony, a parliamentary democracy where King Charles is the head of state. Indigenous Australians account for 3.2% of the country's population, according to AP. They are the country's most disadvantaged ethnic community. Around a quarter of the country's prison population, for example, is Aboriginal. 
I find it funny in a cruel sort of way that that the that that people people are concerned that this type of legislation um, is going to give the Aborigines too much authorities. I guess that is possible, but at the moment they have none. I have always thought there ought to be something similar here on Kauai. In fact, Hawaiians should be the first people consulted about so many things, and it is because they are the first people. Um, Got to stay down under um, and get high. Australia became the first country in the world to legalize the use of psychedelics to treat mental health conditions, a move that was met with praise and caution from the scientific community, and that's according to the BBC. The new regulations, which become official July 1st, will allow psychiatrists to prescribe the synthetic drug NDMA, uh, which is actually the drug ecstasy, for treating post-traumatic stress disorder and magic mushrooms for some types of depression. The decision comes as other countries, including the United States and Israel, are conducting their own clinical trials on hallucinogens in treating mental health. Isn't that interesting? Glad to hear it. I'm not going to justify the use of psychedelics because of their therapeutic value. I think forever animals of all kinds have found ways to cope with their respective realities. A change of pace is often very helpful, so I am told. And that much I know. Well, Brazil, I like this one. Brazil's highest election authority last Friday uh, bar Jair Bolsonaro from running for any public office for the next eight years um, over the disgraced former right president, far-right president's abuse of power related to baseless claims of electoral fraud. I'm so, so happy. This is great news for Brazil and for the climate. This motherfucker was hell-bent on decimating the Amazon for money, amongst other humanitarian transgressions. Good. Hate to see you go, buddy. The Honduran government launched a major crackdown on organized crime within the country's penal system following an attack last week that was labeled uh, labeled as one of the Honduras's deadliest prison riots in recent memory, according to Al Jazeera. On Monday, Honduran armed forces began raids at the Tamara Penal Center as part of an initiative dubbed Operation Faith and Hope. Authorities found high-caliber weapons, explosives, and cell phones within the prison walls. Although these searches took place at a men's prison, they were not too far from the site where 46 female prisoners were killed last week. Did you hear about it? I, I, I didn't hear about it. 46 women were killed last week. Days after the riot... Gunmen killed at least 11 people at a pool hall in Choloma, a manufacturing hub linked to Barrio 18, the Barrio 18 gang. Officials speculate that the shooting was connected to the prison deaths. Jesus Christ, can you imagine living in a world like that? The answer is no, you can't. It is a kind of hell that feels so far beyond how we live. Yet it is the truth in many countries around the world. Okay. 
uh, Fukushima baby. Despite years of protest and warnings from environmentalists, the United Nations nuclear watchdog on Tuesday approved a plan by Japan to release tens of millions of gallons of water from the destroyed Fukushima nuclear power plant, and they were going to release it into the ocean. So here is the UN who I'm always citing, especially the director, Antonio Guterres, fighting for climate, truth to power, and then you okay this kind of shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, I am sorry. I just don't believe it is safe treating the ocean like a toilet for forever nuclear poison. Uh, uh, this is a trip. Um, a year-long investigation by the BBC uncovered a global monkey torture ring spanning from Indonesia to the United States that has prompted an international investigation and more monitoring efforts from social media platforms. The investigation found that customers from the U.S., Britain, and other countries were paying individuals in Indonesia to torture and kill baby long-tailed macaques is filming the horrific acts for their pleasure. The BBC journalist went undercover in one of the main telegram groups <clears throat> where participants discussed brutal torture ideas and commissioned torturers in Indonesia and other Asian countries to carry them out. In the midst of all that is going on in the world, torturing monkeys for personal enjoyment is further testimony on how far we need to come before we address the issues getting all the press, like climate change, transitioning to renewables, etc. The mistreatment of animals and people is the priority above all others. In addition, seeing the world as it is helps us when we look at the world we want, at least some of us. The United States has witnessed five mass shootings each Independence Day on average over the past decade, more than any other day of the year. In that time, there have been more than 50 shootings in which four or more people were hit by gunfire on July 4th, and that's according to an analysis of gun violence archive data by researcher James Allen Fox of Northeastern University in Boston. The holiday this year comes as the nation is grappling with historically elevated levels of gun violence, which surged during the coronavirus pandemic. Seven out of 10 Americans say crime is out of control in the U.S., and that's according to a June USA Today poll of 1,000 people. It seems like it's an appropriate bit of news regarding today, which is the 4th. I will have today's numbers next week. Trust me, there will be numbers. War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg condemned the ecocide wrought by Russia's invasion of Ukraine as she visited Kiev Thursday. Ecocide and environmental destruction is a form of warfare as Ukrainians by this point know all too well, and so does Russia. And that's what she had to say, um, and it was according to the Wall Street Journal. 
War is the most graphic example of not giving a shit about anything other than a selfish and small-minded world view. This is not isolated. There are all kinds of horrible damage being done by ruthless leaders, religious zealots, and a host of assholes. All right. How am I doing? Oh, I did pretty good. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I, um, if you're with me, uh, thank you so much. Um, I, I want to read this, um, and, it, and it really fits, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the, the spirit of the fourth, and it's just brilliant. I, and I hope I do it um, justice. Um, okay. Bishop William Barber, founding director of Yale's Center for Public Theology and Public Policy, he, he penned an op-ed um, this past Monday decrying recent decisions by far-right Supreme Court justices and the complicity of political leaders who have, quote, watched our democracy being slowly chipped away. <clears throat> this was addressed to President Joe Biden, Congress, and the public. Uh, I got to read it to you. Please listen. When a Supreme Court and political leaders conspire to lie about history and embrace action contrary to love and justice, their actions are both piracy and perjury at the same time. They have conspired to assassinate the hopes and possibilities of a fully representative democracy to make way for the unimpeded rise and sustainment of the evils of domination, authoritarianism, racism, economic oppression, militarism, and empire tendency, all of which are contrary to our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. We cannot afford to interpret this moment as a difference of opinion. We are in a battle for civilization itself. He continued and pointed with outrage to the six people on the Supreme Court who sealed the deal on the destruction of affirmative action, an imperfect but significant legal precedent that had only begun to scratch the surface of repairing the history of legal segregation in our higher education system. The court also significantly weakened the protection of the humanity of gay people, refused to protect the right to vote for formerly incarcerated people, and refused to relieve a fraction of the heavy debt of millions of people in an economy where one-third of all people are poor or one emergency away from poverty, and in a nation where poverty was the fourth leading cause of death before COVID. Whoa, uh, I really have no need for any commentary um, at all. Um, I think it um, uh, is a, a perfect assessment, assessment of where we are um, in this country. And I don't know, um, are we, you know, celebrating the fourth, uh, memorializing the fourth, you know, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, I, I hope I did a decent job. I think I did. I'm, I'm kind of pleased with it. So um, as I always say, um, and I'm so glad to be back, and I took the week off, and um, I hope you listen. Tell your friends. Um, so um, until next week, same time, same station, God bless.